Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, some real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, coming today by end of favorite son, J-Dub Justin Richardson, and EZE himself, Eric Zeblum. J-Dub, how are you feeling, my man? Doing, doing great. You excited for this one? I am. You always love having your end up brethren on the show. It's always fun. Always fun. Very nice. Well, in case you're wondering, you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And please, God, it's just... All I want for Christmas is my wife to get off my ass about doing this damn show. So if everyone could just like and subscribe, that'd be great. All right. Well, this is the Work Perspectives Podcast. Let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspectives exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode. Jalen, let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you about this guy. All right. So our guest today is Easy himself, Eric Zeblum. Eric has been on the get on the show previously, but in different facets. He was on the end up round table. So the round table series, episode one, the end up saga, part one, Burrow Breads. He was Jeez. on the Roundtable series episode two, the End Up Saga part two, Back in the Habit. Also right. Nice. He's been on, I think, three weekend pop ins, right? Nice. Two or three. Um, and he's decided to come on as a guest, and we're happy to have him. I mean, dude, I'll tell you, this guy, he's one of those guys like we went through school together, kind of like had an adjacent path. Never, you know, we're just like kind of cool, like, you know, associates in a way never too much or too little of really anything we didn't play the same sports and stuff like that but we had like mutual friends and things but he was one of those dudes that he was like the funniest fucking guy in town right the yeah the funniest fucking kid i was like so many times like just dying and being like i wherever like he would like get off the bus i think i just want to go wherever he's going because it's going to be funny (laughs) yeah yeah he's one of those guys too where like he would do stuff right 
where at first everyone <laughs> would look at it and be like, what the fuck? And then it would be like the new cool thing going on in school. I.e., and I brought this up before, putting your initials as your laces and your sneakers. You know what I'm saying? Just like small things like that. It's like genius level stuff that everyone's like, dude, this fucking guy, this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Smart, 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 funny, but also has like, you know, we're going to come to talk about it. It is crazy because whenever I ran into him in school, right, he was always like in it, like seemingly just to be like a happy go lucky guy, just like nothing really bothered him, kind of carefree. But we're going to come to find out that he had some, you know, internal like demons that he was dealing with behind the scenes that I had no idea, you know what I mean? And like no one else did either. So it's pretty cool. Like we're going to get a backstory on him. So I don't want to waste a lot of time chatting. I do want to say this, J-Dub. So before we get to Eric, I do want to tell you this. And we talked about it before and I was going to keep it a secret, but now I want to blow his ass up. So, um, I was given an email address for a pseudo celebrity, right? Well, we could call him a celebrity, right? And he's, he's a celebrity, right? He's been on TV. He's known by millions, right? So, um, I was given the email address and, uh, have approached double J Jeff Jarrett to be on the show, to be a guest on the show. Right. He is currently has his own podcast. It's like the world of with uh, with Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Actually, I'll tell you exactly what it's called because I've listened to it. So there's this guy's named Conrad Thompson. He's like the wrestling podcast godfather. Right. And he's pretty great. Um, But so let's see. My world with Jeff Jarrett podcast is what it's called. So either way. Um, there's like a third party person that my brother Tom knows. He was like a, a ref, a referee in WWE for like a number of years. So he's got like some contacts and things like that. Yeah. And apparently Tom had asked him to reach out to double J Jeff Jarrett to be a guest on the show. And J double J Jeff Jarrett said, Hey, give him my email and shoot him an email. I have done so with the subject required in the email, have not heard a response. So, you know, I mean, Double J might be losing a couple fans. I'm just saying. <laughs> I remember he, he just used to bash people over the head with a guitar. Dude, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Game changer, that guy. But it's think great, about it. Great dude, move. He was a six-time Intercontinental Champion, right? It's like, good, that's pretty good, nuts. Good, yeah. Like, dude, that's Solid. pretty – Yeah, dude, Intercontinental title is pretty big. And to be a six-time Intercontinental Champ. Also, he had, like, major storylines. He's been on, like, headlined pay-per-views on WCW and WWE right like his his grandmom ran a wrestling promotion his dad ran a wrestling promotion so he's literally grown up so that my thought was if we could get him on the show i would want to go over every job he's had or knows of in the wrestling industry i think it would be fascinating but he's probably done everything but yeah he's had to have. he's had to have done everything but either way um he hasn't emailed me back so fuck him uh but th- th- that's of uh, as of our recording date. By the time this airs, he could have been <laughs> on the show. <laughs> we don't know. I will either I will either double down or retract this statement further yep. on. Yep. But it was nice to see where we are when we air this. If he responds, so there you go. This is where we're at currently. This is the Jeff Jarrett update on the Working Peapot. So there you go. <laughs> so nice. All right. So like we said today on the show, we have Easy himself, Eric Zeblum, uh, former guest of the show, friend of the show, end of native. And one of the best guys in town. He's got a great story. 
And I'll tell you, and I've said this before, and I'll fucking keep screaming it from the rooftops, man. Like, I'll gate, like, our show, right? This, like, this just shows me how good this show is. And, like, knock on wood, like, you know, knock on wood, like, it's good, people think. But I think it's pretty good, and some other people think so, too. And, but the the caliber of guests that we've been able to get on this show thus far, barring the Double J Jeff Jarrett's, because, you know, obviously, I'd rather have Easy than Double J any day. But barring that, like the level of guests we're able to get on the show just keeps getting better and better and better. And me saying that insults every previous guest that we've had on the show. <laughs> but that's not the case because they've all been great. But like, you know, I do like the I do like it when there's someone that I've always held in high regard and really kind of had a had liked and, and stuff like that. And they're willing to come on the show and say their story. So I'm super happy he's here. I'm really thankful that he's agreed to be on the show. Uh, Eric, before we get started, I would just like to ask, how do you like your Cheetos, crunchy or puffed? Oh, man. Uh, I didn't know you were going to start off with that. I mean, that's... Tough one. This is, you should have yeah. given me a warning. Uh, we'll try to catch you off guard, baby. I, I I don't know, man. I, I think I I think I like the crunchy ones. At God damn right, you do. God damn right, you do. Dude, J Dub, no one has no said one puffed. has said puffed but me. No one. I'm we've the been, only person who said puffed. We've we've I, been asking this question for what two months, Justin? Maybe a little longer. Yeah. Right? That being said, though, I have like destroyed an entire bag of like the Jack's puff cheese uh, like numerous times. The, so the my, my specification was the the cheese balls are the best form of cheese byproduct there is right the if you if, if you have a choice for going puffed you're gonna go ball puffed yeah every my time. puff preference is ball but yeah yeah what, what everyone says crunchy what was the brand i think it was a blue colored it was like a planners two planners right yeah every crazy. time the ferrari of cheese balls yeah, like planners. the early early 90s planners yeah. tin yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah what else did they have in a tin right i think they had, like, just... they had their like almonds and they all came oh uh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, the nuts cashews. dude cashews yeah. i'll tell you that changed the that changed the game for me I wasn't a nuts fan for a while. Then I Me had some either. cashews and I was like, well, you know what? They got something fucking going here with these things. <laughs> all right. These fucking the, cashew yeah. things. And the honey roasted and all that. Oh, roasted. dude. Did you ever get the, like, I think they're called the Boston nuts or the beer nuts that have like the candy on the outside of the nut? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. They're a good time too. They're yeah. all a good time. Good time to be had by all. But yeah, <laughs> like we said, crunchy any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Great choice, Eric. Great choice. How are you, man? Thanks for being on. I'm good. I'm good. Getting ready for the uh, holidays coming up and stuff like that. But uh, nice. Happy nice. to be on here, hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Hey, man, dude. By the time by the time this airs, the holidays would have happened. But uh, you're a uh, you're a veteran of the show by now, huh? This is what your fifth, sixth appearance on the show. Yeah, I think like fifth or sixth time on. Yeah, you did both yeah. round tables and and dude, breakout performances in both round tables. So much is so that you were that you were brought up to be on the weekend pop in. Then we asked you to come on the pop in. You nail it then, right? So yeah, I mean, super excited and glad to have you on because you do have an interesting story. Everyone has a lot to, you know, 
there's been people that have dropped your name a couple times as far as like being a guest on the show, like as like, dude, he'd be a great guest or a good guest. And I was like, Hey, well, I know let's get him. So <laughs> finally guy, we can get that done. I want to get this started because we have a lot of shit we're going to get into and I really want to dig deep into it. So, <clears throat> um, so you were born and raised or you were born in the North Bend hospital. You were raised in Hatfield, Lansdale, North Wales area, right? You moved around a little bit. For school, you did public school, K through 12, and then you did a little bit of community college afterwards, stuff like that. You've been doing sports your whole life. As we said before on some other shows that your mom was a gymnastics teacher, right? And so you've been doing gymnastics since like the age of four, right? And, And like, I didn't know, like, I mean, you know, and like, I guess athleticism just runs in your family. Was your sister an athlete too? Yeah, she was pretty athletic too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she did um she did gymnastics when she was younger. Um and then uh, I think she did like field hockey and lacrosse in, in high school. Yeah, and Jada had a crush on her back in the day, you know. Sure yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Shout out. And by the way, the Zeblum children, some of the fastest human beings I've ever seen in real Dude, life. Yeah. I will I will say that as I'm well. Bonkers, like, Joe. I think I met Bark on the <clears throat> squat, like Saul. We weren't even the same weight, but Saul Bark playing squires football and being like that's the fastest fucking kid i've ever seen what when you uh so this is something i did want to get in front of uh so when you say bark you mean eric that's eric's end yeah. up, his, his end up name we'll say is bark uh can we get a little backstory on how you got the name bark or was it just one of those things like liam made up one day and everyone stuck with it no yeah no i can give you the story for, and i i played in cannoneers one year fuck yeah cannoneers one year um, and i was like i was like horribly sick with um bronchitis for like a majority of the season Ooh, i had Um, whooping cough one year playing cannoneers football and i'll tell you what actually worked out well because i had to lose weight to play football because it was weighted ball so all through like the first like three weeks of summer training i had whooping cough and lost a ton of weight and it was great so that shout out whooping cough shout out whooping 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 so nice all right so uh so what do you got the nickname the nickname bark uh also pronounced bark like that (laughs) um (laughs) and it really is you got to spell it with three r's yeah um but that name so when I, when I came back into North Wales and I started hanging out with like my guys and everything in like third grade, as we progressed into like middle school, my friends noticed that apparently my siblings, they said they, that they, instead of calling me Eric, they called me Ark, like Ark, like that. So it just became this thing. It was like Ark, Ark, like oh, you're Ark, Ark, like this over-exaggerated, like bidding on your friends type of thing that progressed um and then one night we were hanging out at eighth and church and liam reese had uh this shout tree out shout out liam he had this tree on the on the corner of eighth and church out front yeah. of his house yeah. with like uh with like a swing rope and yeah. it was a smaller we all, tree too right it wasn't it like wasn't, a, it wasn't, yeah, it like wasn't huge or anything like that but it was like yeah. a, a decent sized tree okay um and he had the rope there and one night we were all hanging out goofing around and i was like joking around on that rope like swinging around doing crazy stunts just just we were just killing time and i'm just bullshitting on this rope and it became this thing like bark instead of arc like bark (laughs) on a tree and it just stuck 
and then that's like that's that's just like developed into my nicknames and then yeah. you know of course in north wales is a, we all Dude. have like nicknames and stuff like that so i would be walking down the street and i would just be bark like <laughs> bro bro that's legit out. been your nickname for like 15 years though yeah yeah at least yeah I yeah mean, that, that was probably we probably like 13 or 14 no, probably about 14 Dude, so yeah that's it's, even longer that's like 20 yeah. something years it's probably like middle school or something like that i don't know Dude, i feel like, yeah, that... like middle school. <laughs> so wait so you're so like your brothers and sisters would call you instead of calling you eric they call you arc arc <laughs> allegedly arc. i don't know i always heard like my name because i grew up arc. with my siblings so i don't necessarily i'm not able to really yo arc distinguish yeah. right i know yeah. exactly how to say yo arc get over yeah. here yeah so your siblings would mispronounce your name and then your brother they would make fun of you and then you're playing on a tree and instead of calling you tree arc it was tree bark and then it just shortened a bark kind of thing kind of yeah yeah that's yeah. kind of the progression of how it happened but yeah. you know it's just like we all have nicknames for each other and like yeah. and that's just like that's how it came to fruition yep. yeah we just like they were, we were just joking around like yeah. arc, arc and then the tree and then I mean, wow. yeah, that's been like my screen name. I mean, all like Zanga yeah, name. Yeah. And Everything MySpace.com/slash yeah. <laughs> You know, like all of my stuff. Yeah. Yo, I remember your MySpace photo. It was like totally like fucking deep, deep thinking. You looking down like train tracks with like what you're looking like your body's facing one way and your head's looking back like. I was looking back over my shoulder yeah. down the train tracks, <laughs> looking, looking down, you know, yeah, man. that was your, that was dude, my space. You got, you had to get real on my space. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, that's so a good picture. It's funny. It's funny. Like, uh, we had the end of end of So the round table series, uh, episode three, the end of saga, part three, the new generation aired. And on that show, we had a young Bradley Richardson who would say the same thing where his nickname was, young bradley or something something along those lines young bradley young bradley and his he said too like he would be walking down the street and it would be the same thing of young bradley or something like that would be yelled at him while he's walking and i was you know jadub how did you get your nickname because you've been jadub or Jalen. there was there was a kid even where the nickname would make way more sense for who's whose real name was like josh the boy you know what i mean like yeah. he, he should have been jw that makes way more there's sense. also like a, someone with a j with a w as their last name as well yeah, right would make way more sense my last totally. name is the r uh yeah. one day uh, uh so steve park who eventually became perk uh perk ah yeah and then became per- yeah went from for no good reason <laughs> no just like ockle ockleberry and then um i he just i became jada but he started calling me jada banundis jada banundis yeah shout out round table episode one part one there's so many stupid fucking nicknames yo scream Scream, skip it, Papa Skip it, Papa. He started worried about Papa Johnson became Papa Skip it, dude. I fucking lost it the first time Liam called Trav Scrib it, and died. Uh, That was the funniest thing, dude. Liam's like the nickname fucking capital the Kyogre there. That guy, he can give a nickname to everybody. I've said it on the show. It's called, you know, he called me Lashmish Lashmishma was what he his nickname for me. But yeah, 
scream him and then you guys have talked about chad he had a bunch of different nicknames or chaz sorry yeah, chaz yeah. had a bunch of different nicknames as well right c swizzle i always like mm-hmm. that one yeah. didn't you call him Tom chuck mo d yeah chuck mo d c swizzle who's tom <laughs> Epp? tommy romeo yeah tommy Tamil. former guest of the show friend of the show tommy mm-hmm. Tom tommy he's literally in my phone is tom Epp. <laughs> Like T H O M E P P. I have all these nicknames in my phone. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that must be. That's crazy. so the one time I'm at Graham's Pub, Shallow Graham's Pub, and uh, Man, free home of the brave. your brother serves me and then leaves because it shifts over. So I go to pay my tab and I'm like, uh, can, I, can I pay my tab? She's like, what's it under? I'm like, uh, Justin. She's like, no. I was like, uh, my last name? She's like, no. I was like, uh, she's like, is it. Are you J Dub? I was like, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my tab, please. I was with my girlfriend for the first time. She looked at me. She's like, who's J Dub? I was like, oh, I'm J Dub. I'll yeah. explain more later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll come to know me, Jalen Dub. Yeah, awesome. dude. I yeah, that was back. I mean, dude, I've been calling you J Dub for forever. I don't know. You just... No one's ever called me. No one's ever called me Justin. I used to call you Juddy for a while. But that didn't stick around. Wasn't my uh, my girlfriend's sister calls me that. I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to be juddy. Yeah, no one does. No one does. <laughs> shout out, shout out your girlfriend's sister. Apparently, uh, she's too good looking to date Steve. So good for her. Good for her. Smart. Yeah. No, and good looking and smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't want to win salsa tender. Let me tell you. So nice. All right. So let's keep it moving. So like we said, you were born in North Bend Hospital, grew up in, you know, Lansdale, North Wales, Hatfield area, right? Did the public school K through 12. But I want to talk about your sports stuff. So like we had said, your mom had your mom run still runs to this day a gymnastics studio, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to shout it out. Can you shout it out real quick? We'll have a link to it in the description. Yeah, it's Jump and Joy Gymnastics. And, Jump and Joy uh, Gymnastics. She runs it out of the Schwenkfelder Church over by uh, Marymead. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Jump and Joy Gymnastics. I mean, shout out. You know, got a bunch of great reviews. Honestly, when my daughter's old enough, I definitely want to get her involved in that. So, yeah, but you've been doing gymnastics since age four. God, you've played football for, you know, you, you did it as a little bit of a kid and got back to it in high school. Uh, you know, you did, like, you were playing, you did track, you know what I mean? You did a little bit of, you know, little baseball kind of stuff, some basketball around here, soccer as a kid, you know, stuff like that. But I want to get started gymnastics. So you started when you were four. Your mom was teaching it. How did you like gymnastics? I didn't really know anything else. And uh, and like when I say I did gymnastics, it wasn't like like I took children's classes because my yeah. mom specializes in them with like very young kids gymnastics yeah um so it's very fun and like you know they're not doing anything and, crazy yeah but yeah. it was my it was my life like i wasn't going to what do they call them gymnastics meets or anything like that right, like i wasn't right. competing i was just around it living it um yeah. but i enjoyed it man because like they would have it was turner's gymnastics which uh-huh. was I forget what the road was. I think it was like maybe Germantown Pike or something like that over by Woody's golf course. Okay. I know. And uh, so, yeah, we would be there and there would be like summer gymnastics camps and stuff. So, you know, we would play dodgeball. We would do different stuff like that. Um, And I didn't mind it. You know, it was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, you know, and it also gave me, a very solid foundation for sports for the rest of my life. um, Yeah. Because of just, 
balanced and stuff like that, like core muscle strength, everything uh, moving forward came pretty naturally. Once I grasped the sport, once I grasped the sport, I was able to uh, excel pretty easily. Yeah. That from, I mean, dude, from what everyone says, especially for young kids, especially for young women, apparently gymnastics is like the gimmick, like gets you in good shape, but also like it teaches you to be fearless, you know, like, dude, there could be some fucking Navy SEALs running around that are too scared to do a backflip. You know what I'm saying? Like, also, like, as a kid, you're basically running around in a padded room all day, right? Like, come on, is there anything fucking better than that? You're just jumping up and down on stuff, like going nuts. Like, I mean, that's pretty fun you know, right? Like as a kid, yeah. I'll tell you someone who's, uh, who's, uh, you know, kind of like devilishly deceiving good at gymnastics, a one party boy, Pete McCormick, his ass couldn't do a one-handed cartwheel. Believe it. <laughs> Believe it. I've seen it. It's, it's like, it's almost like, like, you know, it's like something to behold. It's like art. Really? <laughs> I saw him do it one time in a trench coat into Graham's pub. Shout out Graham's pub. <laughs> in the freedom of the break. So, all right, J-Dub, your thoughts, gymnastics, anything? Well, love it. Great yeah. footwork, good coordination, good balance. Yeah. Balance is so important. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Carrie Strug. Yeah. She was yeah. a real hero to mine. Yeah. 1993. Yeah. Uh, 96. 92? 96. 96? 96. Yeah. Atlanta. 96. Get it wow. right. You son of a bitch. She, she got carried off. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie Strug got carried off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then she had her brother is the biggest noodle ever. It was on. They did like an interview. I think it was like Leno or something. And the brother's like, I was just sitting there saying a prayer that she didn't get hurt, and then she landed it, and it was the most incredible thing. Yeah, it was like, come on, go Strudafal, you Strunza. So either way, let's keep it moving. So after gymnastics. Right. You would do. So this is something. And I kind of got in this gimmick, too. Like I played soccer like when I was born in California and I lived there until I was seven years old. And you're not not playing soccer in California. Tell you that right now. Payday right now. Everybody's playing soccer in California. Big, big, you know, big guess why. I don't know. But everyone plays soccer over there. So I was playing soccer. Football really wasn't in like the rear view, like wasn't in the peripheral. And then moved here when I was seven and no one gives a fuck about soccer over here. It's only football that people care about. And so I still played soccer, but I always got like kind of like the gimmick from my friends of like, oh, you play soccer. You don't play football like a man, like a man, you know? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't. And my dad didn't let us play for a while. But then like uh, Kevin Byer, Kevin, Tommy Byers, mom, shout out Mrs. Byers, told my dad he was a wimp for not letting us play football and he signed us up the next day so this goes <laughs> to show you <laughs> um but uh, that. yep so either way so eric you kind of had the same path where you did soccer right and then like mm-hmm. you were like and also like i was playing backyard football like all the time and it was like dude pick up football games might be the best thing ever that was ever been ever but uh so you kind of have the same thing where it's like you did soccer and then you were playing like football in the backyard and everyone's like, dude, you should play, you should play kind of thing. And then you ended up playing. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually started off. So another part of my early sports activities was the boys and girls club in Lansdale. That was a huge yeah. part of my life. My mom yeah. worked there for a period of her life. Um, oh. I think she actually ran her, she ran her business out of there for a period of her life. Yeah. Um, I so I was there a lot. Up. Yeah. 
and uh, I was there a lot, and and they had their soccer league or whatever, like the North Penn yeah. Valley Boys and Girls yeah. Club soccer league. And uh, one of my childhood best friends, as I mentioned before, was Patrick Duddy. I mean, yeah. since since we were extremely young, and yeah. uh, so his dad was actually my coach, who became the head coach at North Penn. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I played soccer. My I, I my middle name is Scott. I'm named after my uncle. Um, who actually died in a car accident and he was really really good at soccer like he was legit like really good and uh so you know I played soccer and then exactly what you said happened when we we moved quite a bit and we went from North Wales over to Hatfield and my family was very close to the Ball family so Jeff and Greg Ball Andrew Carly um and then also across the street from them was the Chivarellis so you have Mm -hmm. CO Mike Chivarelli um shout out jeff ball good dude yeah 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 yeah. awesome guy awesome guy so yeah you're uh, friends with the civarellis and the balls and you're hanging out there and they're a football families right and then kevin too so it's like i got kevin my brother i got co mike chivarelli anthony chivarelli jeff greg ball like big time you know they're doing like punt pass and kick at veterans stadium when we're younger like i went down there with them and they're like winning i'm like yeah so these are like my my core group of friends now in hatfield and uh, we would always be at, at the ball's house. They had a pool. Oh, and the nice. one year, the, the, so they knew I was really fast. They played backyard football with me, but I didn't have like a killer instinct by yeah. any means. It just wasn't in me at a young age. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, you got to play football. You got to play football. And so I went to play at Cannoneers the one year. And I remember I got destroyed. They like, uh, I had Sam Tarlow on my team. Oh, shout out, out Tarlow. Like a lights yeah. out legend. Dude, he might be the years. best kid athlete ever. He was, was unreal <laughs> as a kid athlete. <laughs> like you, everyone has that athlete when we're all like like 10, 11, before we start hitting like the growth spurts and stuff. Yeah. Who's like the best athlete ever? Tarlo was legit like the best kid athlete ever. Dude, we yeah. I played with him. I played with I would later play with him later. And he was like, talk about like the fastest fucking dude. And like you're pretty yeah. fucking fast, Eric. Were you Tarlo fast back then? I probably was. Yeah, but he was like faster. But the problem was like Sam had like a killer instinct. Like I think yeah. Brandon Hill was also on my team. Yeah. These kids already got it. Like they've yeah. already been like Brandon grew up wrestling. Like they yeah. were not afraid. Brandon to, was like, like needed to get his team. hit. Yeah, he wanted to yeah, hurt people. Brandon's like I got yeah. Like, <laughs> He's like, like I got to get my fix in. Go. If I don't hurt someone, I'm fucking killing everybody I right was now. Yeah. Insanely, know? I was insanely timid. Like a very timid person. Every, like, but you know, dude, even, everyone's like that at that age. Don't like. There's no. few kids that aren't right. And those are like, you know, I mean, we all see Brandon. I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> Brandon is another level, but it's like Brandon, yeah. Sam, uh, Jeff ball, you know, like yeah. these people have been like groomed to play yeah. Pop Warner football. They're like yeah. legends. Yeah. And, uh, but they so, started a lot younger. Yeah. yeah. So like, I remember being put up against these guys in like one-on-one drills and just getting destroyed. I was like, what yeah. is this? Like, I don't understand yeah. what this combative <laughs> nature is. You know, I was gonna yeah. And that, after one practice, Jeff was like, yo, race Sam. But again, I don't have like a killer instinct at this time in my life. I'm yeah. not like, oh, it's me versus like a competitive nature like that yeah. one-on-one situation. So yeah. we like ran, but I remember thinking like, I'm not even running because I feel like he already won because this guy seems like he like me- mentally. Like, it was, uh, you mentally beat defeated, yourself. Dude. It was yeah. crazy. It was you mentally defeated yourself. That happened. Dude. Plus One two, like season. football is such like a thing people talk about and are like, it's very much like, you know, like you become obsessed with it when you're playing it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like everything. 
you know? So it is something like it, it can be intimidating, especially when you're there first, like coaches, dude, coach, like I, I know wrestling coaches don't hold back, but football coaches didn't hold back back then either. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they were letting and, you know, like you hit like a pussy, like you, yeah, you know, I don't like, think they should too. I don't think they should. I, it was very healthy. Like for instance, now. You don't you think know, they should have told you like you're, you got it. Like, don't be such a pussy hit him back. I think it's healthy. I, oh, I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think or they need to tell you that shit. Maybe the wording could be a little, you know, but like, I, I right. think it's okay to like take the a message young man and be, be like, there. yo, like this is like, go. Um, yeah. And I think that like some of the combative, like I look back on, on some of the things and I, I think to myself, like, I think it was very healthy that some people had those one-on-one interactions, the competitive yeah, stuff. I was, yeah. As a young man growing up, I think it's healthy. I was so timid and I was just thrown in the water. I was on Jay's team and the first, I never played football before. When you say Jay, you mean Jay yeah. Romeo? Yeah, Tom's oh. older brother. So he so you know how you would line up for the Oklahoma <laughs> drill and you'd be, you know, you'd be ball carrier and tackler. Yeah. I would I got in line and I watched like I looked like who I'd be up against in the other line and I watched Jay count and then switch spots with whoever it was so he could go up against me and i didn't i was on vacate this i never played tackle football before so i was on vacation the first week i showed up so this is right when they started hitting i've never hit anyone never been in pads before and he just murders me and then when we get back in line i see him do it again and so i just got thrown into the fire with football and uh it wasn't until i like i didn't know what i was doing and then i made like one good play and you would watch the you would rewatch the game tape up in the Squires building, like in that upstairs part. Yeah. And I like any, t- any good hits, Freiling's dad would like point him out and be like, who was yeah. that? Yeah. And I finally like made one. Good, like, he was like, who's that? Is that Richardson? And like, I was like, I was like, okay, I get it. I can do that. I can do yeah. that every week. Yeah. No, yeah. dude. But that's the kind of guy, like guys like Mr. Freiling, Mr. Hill. Right. Like I, you know, I, uh, Del Ciato was our coach, right. Coach Del Ciato, Right. Like, those guys, they are like, and I had another coach, Coach Chuck. They were all like really, really good coaches, but they know, like, look, this isn't like this, like, they want to bring out the masculinity and the competitiveness and things like that. And it is help, like, for young men, it is such a must, right? Like, it is such a must. Like, look, they're not telling you to, to, to hurt people weaker than you. They're telling you, like, look, this person's going to try and hurt you. You need to defend yourself. If you're you- scared, you're going to get hurt everyone's scared right like everyone's you need to get over it you need to face your fears you need to hit back like those are lessons that you need to learn and i think like one way i i agree it's only one way to do it and (laughs) like you should be like everyone needs to get hit like you need it right like you need to know like for your self-confidence that you're not made of glass we do it like in boxing it's a must like you have to get hit right like even for like to like sometimes like i'll be like fighting and like i won't even wake up until i get hit and I'm like, oh, all right, we're doing this now. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's something I think that's very healthy. And I agree with you. That's something that like, as far as coaches, they did like Mr. Hill, Mr. Freiling, they did a great job and it instills pride in like the being, you know, in, in the aggression where it's like using aggression in a good way, in a competitive way, it's not a bad thing. And you like, you know, and it instills pride in like a competitiveness and a camaraderie. So that kind of stuff I think is incredible as well. And that's one of the things, you know, I fucking love about football. But so let's keep it going. So you played football that one year and we'll come back to you. You played that a little bit later. Right. But didn't you play baseball, too? Weren't you like a baseball player as well? Yeah. um, So that's what I was talking about with the coaching. So when I was like young, I think I played at maybe like Lansdale a tiny bit. But uh, 
I think it was so what like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, I was in Hatfield and I had the absolute privilege of playing with some lights out ballers over there. Uh, yeah. You know, they have, they have like, a great program. They had at least, I don't know if they do anymore, but they had a great program in Hatfield. When, when I was like 10, 11, 12. And when, when Kevin, who's one year older than me, was like 10, 11, 12, we had so much talent over there. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And I loved it. It was cool. You know, like Wouldn't it, they it end was, up winning a state title as well. Um, what do you mean with like North Penn? No, uh, I know Hatfield won a state title when I was in like seventh grade, I believe they won. And I, you know, something. I don't know. We've won all kinds of tournaments and yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. We didn't uh, try to get into the little league world series because like we could, we had the type of talent where like we could actually pull like a right fielder, a left fielder, a second baseman, and they would be like a lights out pitcher. Um, so any player on the, on the field could step in the pitch and and pitch like extremely well yeah. uh so i mean there was like jason mills justin Klinger, tim durstein dan jaycox pat mccourt josh yeah. fink who was amazing shortstop we had so yeah. much talent it was crazy and uh when i went so in like sixth grade i went back to north wales and um i went to pembroke and when i was at pembroke the level of talent dropped off so drastically that I had coaches actually telling me like, you're throwing the ball too hard, which I couldn't understand because I've been wow. trained since the age of nine, 10, 11, like we're the throwing it hard. We're it. turning yeah. double, like yeah. everything we're, we're yeah. coached up big time. And uh, I lost the passion for the game. So yeah. over in Pembroke, like it, it was kind of like more so a joke. One of our yeah. baseball coaches was Mr. Crawl. J-Dub, you remember Mr. Crawl? He was an English teacher. Yo, we legitimately would like wrestle and beat this guy up and put ice down his shirt. (laughs) Like it was just a joke. Like like baseball was just a joke. And uh, by the time we went to high school, um, I lost interest in it. And and honestly, I was like, man, like I don't even like not playing baseball anymore. I think there was one person from Pembroke in in our class, two thousand three. I think it was Walter Albright. Yeah, who actually tried out for North Penn. Yeah. And made the team. But I think that was the only one. He's a fan of the show, listener of the show. Shout out Wally. Wally. Wally Spots. Wild Oh, fucking hell. So for for those of you listening, uh, Strong Stem Steve Cabot has just joined the broadcast. Strong Stem, how are you, sir? Chilling. What's up, Bart? What's up, Doug? What's What's going on, man? It's funny you mention that because I have a question for you, Strong Stem. So we discussed previously on the show that Eric got his, how Eric got his nickname. We then discussed how J-Dub got his nickname. How did you get the nickname Steubens? So Chaz, again, comes up. So Chuck Modi used to call me uh, Stavin, right? This is when we were in like elementary school. You call me Stavin all the time, right? Stavin? And then starving and then okay. uh the one night that we were in like i don't know like uh seventh grade and we were at, over at a friend's house and there were some of the older guys from the neighborhood like russ and romero and these other guys there and they were all fucked up and they were like the fuck did they call you fucking steubens and we started dying <laughs> and they were like what the fuck is steubens and they and they were dying like, I mean, it just stuck from there on out they were like that's it that's your new name you're steubens yeah dude that's i mean yeah not a bad one he'd be like how would he say Stavin? Would he just say Stavin? Would be like Stavin? Yeah, yeah, like like a uh, kind of like uh like guys in the hood do when uh it's all clear they say Davian. They'd be like Davian, Davian, 
same thing. Starving, starving. Oh, like he yelling at me like, all the time. Like that's good. Like stop, yeah, like like, like like there's no cops. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. there's no cops. Stop being, being, stop being, stop being, stop And then when the cops come, and then of course when you hear when the cops pull up, you hear behind though, behind though. Yeah, some people might not get that reference. <laughs> or they, they, yeah, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was one of those where you know, it, it, um, North Wales. It, I mean, especially in the borough, if you didn't have a nickname, I mean, it's almost like guys didn't like you or something. Yeah, like seems like something had to happen. Was, yeah, seems like something it was earned around there for sure, which is good. You know, I mean, that's what you, sure. that's also part of the camaraderie. So nice. So okay. So let's keep it going. So like we said, and I agree with you, Eric, where play, if you play baseball on a shitty team, it's really easy to lose the passion for the game. When you're playing on a shitty team, it's like yeah. dick fuck dead July, right? It's hotter than shit. You're losing like 20 to nothing in the third inning. Yeah, that sucks. That's a- And when your coach sucks, that always sucks. Coach, yeah. A shitty coach makes it way worse. Yeah. We were just I always- talking. Go ahead, Eric. Go, go, go. Then like I loved playing baseball at Pembroke. Like, we had a ton of fun. The the difference was the level of like pushing myself. Like yeah. I like it was so easy to like just do stuff at Pembroke with the baseball stuff. I just stopped. Nobody was really pushing me to get yeah. better. There was no like competition. Like when I was in Hatfield, it was like, you know, I had uh Dan Jay Cox, Tim Durstein, Pat McCourt, lights out pitchers like they were on a, on a whole different level yeah, and then sure like was. i had to like compete with them to yeah. get like pitching time you know yeah. um and there was a bunch of other seriously there was a bunch of other people who could also pitch like the, the the level of talent over there it's like you had to be on your game um but yeah i went to pembroke and it was such a huge drop off man and, and just what makes it fun for me is like getting better and and pushing myself and like that competitive like let's we're yeah. going to the championship like we got to beat yeah. this team like who's the best person at yeah. Pembroke there was none of that we were getting blown out yeah <laughs> it was crazy that sucks dude I'll tell I will say I do remember this in middle school because like in the the middle schools there is like a rivalry of like because there's three middle schools in the area there's Pendale which is the Lanesdale one there's Pembroke which is the North Wales one and then there's Penfield which is the Hatfield one right. Yep. So if you're in Lansdale, you go to Pendale, right? And I went to Pendale and I remember when we were in ninth grade, the Hatfield, the Penfield t- baseball team was like the best. They like didn't lose, right? Like they were undefeated. They were killer. And they were playing like the ninth grade team was playing from Penfield was playing the ninth grade team from Pendale, right? And it was like, and I remember Alan, Alan Bach, friend of the show, listener of the show, he was on the Pendale team and they were like fucking super hyped. Like just like they, they had lost or some, a couple like, but they, their whole thing was like, we want to beat these fuckers, you know? And they ended up winning and beating Penfield in the baseball game. And it was like a huge thing. And I remember one of the kids on the team the next day in school, he had made a shirt that said like baseball glove, 25 bucks, baseball bat, you know, a hundred bucks, baseball cleats, 65 bucks seeing dan jaycox cry after losing priceless. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that young bull did dan uh, pitch you, would, you wouldn't want me to shout yeah true true did dan, yeah, pitch? Did, did dan I, pitch is the real question I, I, I think they were not so. they were winning really? i think because i think i he might have because i remember whoever did pitch i remember box saying that he roped one back and he hit the kid in the leg 
whoever yeah. was pitching. I think it Dan was, was a, a really good pitcher. Oh, dude, yeah, he broke he really at the St. Stan's Fair. He broke the pitching machine, like the speed really? thing. Awesome. I mean, in like eighth yeah. grade, he's breaking this it's thing. Crazy. Which crazy how good like that little 90. town was. Right? Like that little yeah. town had some and they had pitchers specifically. Yeah. Like with baseball. Jay Cox and Klinger and Mills. Yeah. You're talking about Durstein, guys that were Mill, like studs in baseball. division one, not just yeah. like played at the at the division one. We're studs at the yeah. next level. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time baseball yeah. players. Baseball Apparently, is probably crazy. one of my best sports too. Yeah. So like yeah. when we talk about sports, like I was equipped to do all of that. I was yeah. a little shorter than Kevin and Alex. Mm-hmm. Like my brothers are like yep. six two. I'm five. I would nine, agree. So the strike zone smaller. Yeah. I'm quicker, yep. lower to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, w- were you a bunt? Like you could bunt and beat it out and stuff. I hated too? bunting. No, yeah. I would just get a grounder to anywhere in the infield and beat it out. Oh, yeah, I was wow. just, you see, that that's fast. one thing. That's Park one thing. Speed. One thing that like there was no competition except for against myself. So that yeah. was one area where like. Like Justin Woody played football. He played baseball with me when I was younger and he saw me play football at high school. So he knows like how fast I am. But again, that killer instinct wasn't there to translate onto the football field. And I joked around a lot with football. I wasn't comfortable with it in baseball. It's me versus me It's me versus like the ball going there. And I'm like, you're not throwing me out. So baseball was definitely, I mean, I I was really, I had a lot of potential in baseball um, and stealing bases. It was, yes. I literally had the green light. I ever play. The coach would just be like, yeah, like he, they want to give you or nothing. Like do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and I did. Nice. I, I think I got thrown out like three times. Nice. I, I was, that was Dude. my thing. Nice. Basic. Yeah. Dude, uh, you, all you had to do was get on and you just make contact. You get on and you're good. Right. Yeah. Everything else was a wrap. I remember, I remember how excited I was once we could steal home. And I would do stuff like I was the guy that would like the pitcher would throw it no matter where it would go. I'd be on first base. I would just walk it out to, to second base. Uh, what are you going to do with this ball right now? Yeah. You know, and then they would have to make a decision. They would get frozen like a deer in headlights. And I was doing all kinds of stuff like when I was young and, and, and like they would be like, you know, we're up by 12. Take it easy. You know, <laughs> blowing people out. They're like, Eric, chill, chill. But, uh, nah, dude i i'll tell you i when i i don't know what it is man like i just my arm i can't throw like i mean i can throw but like it's just so much pain i don't know what it is i was like a catcher i never had a good arm it was okay but then like you get to like a certain age because i remember like because alan bach played for the high school team and we would go watch his game and even then like i'm watching these guys throw. i'm like how the fuck can anyone throw it? And they weren't even like, they were throwing it really fast for me. But as far as like, you know, as far as like the top echelon guys, they're not throwing it that fast. But these guys are fucking cooking the ball in there. And like, dude, playing catcher and zinging a guy, like zinging a guy who took a big lead at first base from catcher to have an arm like that. Like that's to me, I'm like, that's fucking incredible. Right. Did you like, say you have an arm, Matt? You said no. you have an arm? Oh, no, not like oh, uh, barely. Barely. I was gonna like, say because if you did, then if I combined you with J Dub, we might be well, we could figure something out. Because I had the the uh, the gift of watching J Dub do work in a uh, oh, in, in a, a batting in cage a machine in a batting cage. Oh, and, a terrible uh, battery. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, J uh, Dub got a big frame, but it's not for baseball. <laughs> it's not for baseball. I never was. One on one competition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to make. J-Dub? I was about to make one baseball player out of both of them but now uh, it kind of went the opposite direction which is more interesting if matt can't throw yeah. he can't hit it's arm. a battle 
pitch. Hell yeah, J Dub. Matt, you should pitch the J Dub. Yeah. My brother has an athletic facility with yeah, a yeah, let's set kid. it up. Even, even like throwing a football, like I'm trying, like, dude, like I'm like trying to work boxing into it where like I'm turning my whole back foot, yeah, my your arm. Hip. And I'm just yep. like trying to throw it. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Like it hurts so much. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but maybe I'm throwing with the wrong arm. This is fucking how, killing me. How do you know he doesn't know what he's doing? A punch is nowhere near the same motion as throwing a baseball. So no. that has to look fantastic when you're punch oh, throwing. Bro, bro. And I'm like all the way back here doing it. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. A nightmare. And then it goes like 20 yards. I'm like, I fucking threw that as hard as I could. Yeah. I don't know how you fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Not for, I mean, hey, more power to you, but either way, but no baseball, like dude, back in the day when bait, like if you're on a good team and like having fun, baseball is the shit, especially like back when like the Sandlot days and the bad news bears, like you're watching all these movies and like, I'm just like, it just gets you so jazzed up to play. You know, everyone wants to be Kelly Leak. So anyway, let's keep it moving. So you did some track and then you would get back into football, right? So what were you doing with track, Eric? Uh, I didn't do track. Smoking cats. I I didn't, I didn't uh, do track until I got to high school. And, uh, and by that time I had, you know, like by that time I was so unfocused with anything school oriented that I never really gave any sports a chance in in high school. By the time I was there, I was distracted. I got, I got steered off course from what I probably should have been doing in life, so to speak. And, um, I did a little bit of track there, but you know, I was ineligible a lot. Um, I told you the story, uh, when we were talking the other day about how, uh, at one point they were trying to get me eligible because I could do, I could throw shot put or whatever. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like the second or third best, but like, we need you for points. <laughs> I was like, what? Like <laughs> shot put? This I was guy? like, what? Was, yeah, but, um, but yeah. I did Shout out to the coach for seeing that in you being like, our team is so good. All we need to do to win States is find a guy athletic that can throw a heavy fucking ball there he is hey yeah, yo is. Yeah, five doing? nine one sixty yeah i was like five <laughs> how seven, far can you throw a rock yeah <laughs> dude i wish i wish they had hammer and discus throw in high school because i would have fucking did they not it. have that they don't I, have that i don't like dude do i they have you, javelin in high that, school like, like, like that, that's what, what i'm saying do. like if they had javelin hammer throw and discus I would have been all over that. Especially hammer throw. Hammer throw is so fucking gangster. Listen, I ain't winning hammer throw at all, but I'll win the hammer pull if you understand where I'm going. Yeah, four-time champ of the hammer pull over here. (laughs) Fucking hey. Returning champ over here. (laughs) Fucking hey. No, okay. So then let's get into it. So you 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 get done middle school, you get to high school. So uh we will say this, and I guess too, I don't know why, like. I knew your brother was a good football player. I didn't know he was the fucking like best football player ever. Cause like when he was playing, I thought Aikens was like the star then, but it was your brother who was the uh, star. Uh, Kevin Aikens was young. Yeah. He but was still young when Kevin was doing his thing. I think Kevin, Kevin Aikens was a sophomore when Kevin, uh, when, when my your brother, brother was doing his thing. So uh, our, our sophomore year, uh, Kevin was a junior. Yeah. And he was a starting like wing back. So he played running back, wide receiver, okay. and stuff like that. And, and you then, guys made it deep the into the I think you guys made it to like like uh the quarter final four your year. Quarter well, final so four your year. Our well, like, year? 
we made it to the the like I think it was the final four. We were against Parkland, yep. so like yeah. I guess yep. it would have been the eastern. Was that was eastern that half of the state? Was that yes. your our senior year or our, that was our senior, senior year? year. Yeah, that but was then what about year. the year before that? Didn't you guys go deep the year before that as well? No, they were projected to be so some number one polls, ranked in the state. Some polls had them ranked, I think, number one in the yes, in beginning the of my senior year, they were number one in the state for sure. Helicopter, no, I thought it was over. the nation. They made that documentary. I think it was no. 1999. That was yeah, 2002 we with Kevin and all them. They were ranked number one in the state in Pennsylvania. By it was like the flat. Yeah, yeah. They thought they were gonna. But I for think sure. they were up there in the nation. Maybe. They definitely were ranked in the top 25. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'll ask my brother. So they were. So, but they were projected to be like just all stars, right? Ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, on paper, everything lined up perfect. And then uh, what happened? They just couldn't get. They together. lost the first two games. Petten made a dumb move by not making Kevin. Oh running yeah, Petten was the still back. there. And then Petten realized yeah, that, that Kevin needed to be year. touched the ball every play. He was like, "Oh my god, this kid needs to touch the ball every play." So wait, Kev, what, well, when we were juniors, though, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that they did well when we were juniors. I, oh, nah, nah. Our senior year, we actually did have decent, which was yeah. funny yeah, because I always say this. Zach Fryling and Brandon mm-hmm. MP yeah. didn't MP. even play football. Like people don't Those understand that about stupid North asshole coaches. Yeah, they no, made him choose. Necessarily. That was no, oh, that was it was it was of... for it was for us. They told us flat out yeah. you either wrestle or you play football. They, flat out. Dude, yeah. Zach 100% was, on the coaches. Hundred percent on the coaches. Yeah, Zach was the starting middle linebacker, right? As a soft fuck. Fuck I think Zach. It was outside. Brandon would kill people. He, yeah. Oh, dude. And Brandon was a murderer. And Pete, dude, like Pete would have been, been a great lineman. lineman. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, you had Zach who was starting as a Monster. sophomore. I remember watching. I was a sophomore, too. Right. And again, I'm like football. Like I, I can play football very well. But it, like in high school, it's like my older brother's doing what I would be. And he was way better. You know, it yeah. wasn't even close. So I'm just like chilling. I'm hanging out on the team. And I remember I'm a sophomore. I'm like, man, these guys are killing it you know and zach was <laughs> playing i remember seeing zach get the ball and literally just go like this oh. and just carry all these older kids for like yeah. eight yards and then yeah. they finally Beast. get him down and i'm like yo i'm like when he's a senior we're winning everything they made him he won everything just not yeah. in football but yeah. yeah no so zach so zach ended up wrestling brandon uh and dude him and jaeger were the two starting linebackers like that's yeah. fucking forget about yeah. it i know but, uh, yeah, but yeah. So when we played Parkland, and which we went against Austin Scott, uh, yeah, senior year, he was super stud. Yeah, he was ridiculous. We played he was, like, when he went like Pennsylvania Player of the Year too. Yes, he that. did. And yeah. he went to the Big Thirty Three game. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then he, he and he ended up starting at Penn State, right? Uh, oh, hold on. Playing. Your senior year, have, but your senior year, Kevin Aikens won PA Player of the fucking. He state. was the Not... year after us. He was the year after us. Oh, you're right. You're right. He was. Yeah. Tom, you're right. He's Tommy's yeah. year. Yep. You're right. Yeah. 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 Shout out for and easy. End up. Uh, so either way, uh, let's keep it going. So so me and Steve, when we were wrestling, there's this other school we've talked about called Upper Perk, and there was these, there was these two brothers that wrestled there, right? Headlock correct right? <laughs> yeah that's right mark i don't want to <laughs> shout not. out i don't want to don't say their names steve because we're gonna yeah, i'm gonna yeah. talk about some other things but no problem there was the older brother who broke all these records who was like superstar pinned me. superstar he pinned he pinned everybody he pinned me he pinned brandon zach. he pinned zach yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he pinned all every, got pinned. 
he he pins everybody like but he broke he would break the state record for pins right like he was just a star right and he had a younger brother who was a year younger than him that was very good he was very he was a good wrestler too really good athlete but he uh i feel like he he was more of the partier we'll say like i would part me and him for sure yeah i'd partied with him a couple times that kid was the man he liked the part and his brother i don't you know yeah oh dude i loved his i loved the younger brother he was fucking great right and yeah shout out big fan fan of the show listener show but uh, the but the older brother kind of like i feel like took it more seriously but i think the younger brother kind of had the complex of like always being the star's younger brother and like living in the shadow and being like fuck this i'm just gonna do whatever because like i don't want to take it that seriously because i'll never be compared you know like because i'm always compared to this and it's an unattainable goal kind of thing so did you ever have that in your mind, Eric, where it's like you do have this older brother who has like, a, you know, has these accomplishments and he's doing these things and, you know, getting recruited by Lehigh and stuff like that. Did you have it in your mind of like, you know, like, ah, fuck that. I'm going to go a different route and concentrate on this and do this kind of thing and party nah, and all that stuff. I, I can I literally know. I was just so happy for Kevin. Like, I just knew Kevin was a different like type of person in some in some sports regards you know what yeah. i mean like i was just super happy i was like yeah it's my brother this is great yeah. i mean yeah. like, I, I just i just i never felt like there wasn't really much of a comparison to me and kevin we, we had two different like uh things going on when we were younger uh yeah in in certain ways like kevin was very like uh focused you know like he he kind of like had this this vision about like where he was going to go what he was going to do um mm-hmm. I was lost, like completely lost. So I never felt like anyone would have, like only an idiot would have compared us, you know, because he was very like, he was very focused and he, he kind of had a direction that he was going. He Did you ever compare your guy, like you guys in your, like you never had that like thought in your mind at all? No, no. We, I, I never really compared myself to him. I just knew both of us were super fast. And like, if we wanted to, <laughs> we could we could focus and try to take over a sport, you know, like, yeah. I so, that we both had that, but yeah. to at least say this from the neighborhood, I know J dub probably, you know, feels the same way. I have uh, obviously a lot of experience with uh Bark's older brother. He's one of my best friends, right? Yeah. Uh, seeing Bark grow up with real tight with his family, him and his brother are so stupid athletic that they didn't yeah. even compare each other to each other because yeah. I still, sometimes I still make the argument here and there that I always tell people Bark's the most athletic Zeblum. So, like, I think, you know, there was never, like, a comparison oh, about the freak athleticism. Look at that. And remember, Kevin's, Kevin's one of, he's, like, one of my best friends on this planet. And I'm still saying to people, ah, Bark was probably the better, at, the best athlete out of the Zeblums. Hey. Bark had some freak, freak Bark athleticism for a small white yeah. guy. Oh, he the jumping ability and is fucking so ridiculous. Good. I do remember, like, Eric, you were, uh, sorry, go ahead, Justin. No, I was like, Kevin was gigantic. I could still pitch him yeah. with that. Like the, Kevin's the, a big the, guy. He would have the shoulder pads with the plate hanging. I remember yeah. like, his Kevin's a big the, dude. They would let the ninth graders dress. And so your brother would have been a senior that year. And I'm, we're on the same field and staying next to each other. And I'm like, I'm not a football player. <laughs> I'm like, this dude is fucking huge. Look at him. He's got the, the plate swinging. I'm like, yep. I should just stop playing this. <laughs> I remember like other guys on the football team, like in my classes would talk about like, yeah, I'm just, I'm like trying to get by like running and doing the cardio. And then I see just Kevin Zeblum running up the stadium stairs, like, like flying up and flying down and everyone else is like walking. And yeah. Now remember this wasn't, this wasn't by chance or luck with, I don't know if you went yeah. through the backstory because I jumped in late, but 
Clark's father was a very athletic human being, big, well-built man, right? Yeah. And his mom is stupid athletic with gymnastics, which we both know as wrestlers. One of the most important skills in life you can have in the beginning of an early development of a child is be able to put them in something, whether it's anything that has to do with balance yeah, and your ability to learn your body. Whether yeah. I'd say gymnastics at first, and of course, wrestling helps or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. his mom being balls deep in, um, in gymnastics. I mean, she's a fantastic... <laughs> gymnastics coach not to make that <laughs> reference that's terrible oh i love God. your mother how dare i say that but his, his mom his mom would have been like uh his mom has like a you could have used fucking... any other metaphor <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you're right you're right now again everyone my hey, mom knows steve so it's okay yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. All right. his his mother is like if, if they went through degrees or whatever she's the lindley kissler for me and you of nice. gymnastics like she's she knows her shit with gymnastics. Yeah. So I guarantee yeah. when him and Kevin were little, which you probably don't even remember as a child, she already had them doing flips and runs and jumps. Like that's yeah. the way that's so that's the stock or the people who yeah. generate it, these freak athletes. Yeah. So are you okay to dad talk- had genetics, mom had the thing. Are you okay to talk about that, Eric? The your dad at all or yeah, like what specifically? Like like my childhood stuff or what? Well, you had mentioned before on the show that you had moved around several times and that your dad went upstate and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, yep. like, are you okay to talk about that kind of stuff? Like, why he left yeah. and how that was? So, like, when, and we had brought it up on the, you know, the Roundtable Series Episode 1, End Up Saga Part 1. Or maybe, no, it might have been the round uh, Roundtable Series uh, Episode 2, End Up Saga Part 2 where I talked about how like your your when your parent like when one parent isn't there you your siblings come together type of thing and you become more reliant on your siblings and stuff like that so like your dad went upstate when you were young right mm-hmm. and then you would like move around a couple times is he still up there like is what's his deal now now he passed away all yeah, right. he passed away. Yeah. Okay. Um, Would he get out before, like, do you, are you allowed to say why he went up there? Uh, I don't, I mean, I could speculate why. I mean, but he was involved with some stuff. Right. And uh, and he just got jammed up. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, so when we were younger, he went upstate. And yeah. uh, I mean, we were kids we were pretty young so we didn't it was just like oh this sucks you know we loved yeah. our dad like we had a good relationship with him he was great he was awesome yeah. um but we just were kids so we like kids just go like they're just like okay yeah. what's next so we moved to my grandmom's house mm-hmm. in north wales my mom had four kids my and my dad was yeah. out of the picture yeah. and my mom's like you know i teach gymnastics you know like <laughs> what am i gonna do with these four kids yeah. and like we God were pretty wild kids some of us Dude. i mean people say we were sweet, fantastic but... for people and doesn't get the recognition or the pay it should you know what she yeah. does for kids but whatever well, how how old so how old is your sister's the oldest right how old is how many years older than you is she uh three so she's and how much younger is your little brother three so so holy shit so your mom had four kids six years old and younger four kids yeah. between the ages of like four kids six and under yeah holy yeah i mean like at the time i would have been i would have been like well i would have been probably probably like six well either six way old. my younger but, brother would have been three kevin would have been seven and my sister would have been nine yeah so nine still. seven six and three yeah still yeah so four mm-hmm. kids, nine, like uh, four kids under the age of nine, your husband goes away. You're by yourself. You have to move into your grandmom's house. That's a fucking tough ask, man. That's a yeah. tough fucking ask. 
So shout out to your mom. That's a strong fucking. Hell woman. yeah. She's that great. dude. Uh, you're about to find out because you have some kids coming, Eric. That shit, <laughs> I wouldn't, dude. You couldn't fucking pay me to have four kids under the age of six. You couldn't. I don't care. Fucking, you could give me a billion dollars, and I'd say no. <laughs> well, I, hey Matt, here I got some shitty news. I kind of know who you are, and I think your wife's Albanian, or I know, and I'm pretty sure they like big families. Yeah. So, mm. I mean, yeah. It's uh yeah it's out it's out oh, oh, it, it, I mean that decision is out of my control you are correct there <laughs> <laughs> I have no control over that decision no none whatsoever but I have a buddy uh, a friend of the show uh, former guest of the show Ron Scott Lesky he had three kids in sixteen months because he had uh, twins and then another kid so three kids within sixteen months bro he went from being like the nicest, happiest, jovialist, like, you know, best mood guy, most positive guy there is to like, fuck the world. That's his <laughs> life right now. <laughs> fuck the world. Fuck it big time. But I've, you know. I have twins on the way, man. They'll tell me That's that. Wild. Dude, yeah, if, right. I start, if I start acting out of character, you know, you guys yeah. can call me on. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this right now. It's not the lack of sleep. It's not like the cleaning shit and all that kind of stuff. Cause it is what it is. Right. It's your significant other that you have to watch out for because that's the most struggle you're going to have. Like, cause eventually the kids, there's like a like a kind of a thing, like it's just shit you have to do. Like it's, you just have to deal with shit and they're going to cry and they're going to yell and they're going to throw up and all this stuff. And it's going to be tough for a couple months. You're going to have to take shifts and having two of them is going to suck. I will say that because that's a lot, but cause there's no like taking turns, right? You're always on the mm-hmm. clock. But your significant other is gonna attempt to kill you at some point. Just telling you, it's fine. <laughs> just I've already experienced. <laughs> I've already experienced this. Says the guy whose wife comes from like a fucking the Balkans, where there's been some real shit. Yeah, I bet, Matt. All right, some people's wives haven't come from a very very hard area of the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, my wife, I'm, you know, I mean, she used to love me. Then we had a kid. <laughs> now it's like, <laughs> now oh it's like who's this fucking moron that I married? Huh? <laughs> Who fucking signed Doing this contract? This shit. Oh, dude, uh, don't even. Uh, if you want to get fucking stabbed, talk to her about the podcast. <laughs> Let me fucking well, tell you. Uh, All right, look, hold on. Yeah, look at that. Don't stop recording now, Matt. Yep. Where'd there you go? he goes. You he's go? talking about stab she heard them from oh, the door outside. He's in a triangle hold right now. That's crazy. <laughs> she got him in a Camara. She wow. got him pulled backwards like Val- uh, 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 Shevchenko. <laughs> got him in a got him got him in a Camara. Yep, no. Got him in a wizard. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Oh, in the Balkans, they wrestle. <laughs> the Balkans wrestle. They hit you with olive branches while you do it. You talk about Morocco, Albania, Serbia, all that shit. Oh, yeah. Kosovo. I worked with the girl from Kosovo at uh, Whole Foods. Really? Yeah. And we were talking about conspiracy. That, uh, that, that border is Albania, Kosovo. We were talking about like conspiracy theories and stuff at the at the lunch thing. And people were yeah. like saying stuff. And I was funny, like saying funny stuff. How that and all of a sudden, <laughs> and then she was like, 
she told us how she, she's like, I'm from Kosovo. Like uh, I've watched a civil uprising in my country Yes, and had to flee Kosovo to get to yeah. America. A lot and she, of and she like points at me. Old, she's like, she's like, what he's saying is true. She's like, you guys are all idiots. She's like, this guy's actually making sense. I've seen it happen. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll never I forget that. Girl. They're t- Kosovo touches Albania. It's yeah. as yeah. close as it gets. Yeah. They're bordered. Yeah. They border each other. A lot of a lot of uh, coast like the Kosovo refugees would go to Albania. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The, so I know that the dominant religion, like seventy percent of Albania, is Muslim. There's only like twenty yeah. percent Christianity. Is she Muslim or Christian? It's she's but she doesn't really have a dominant religion. The way it okay. is there is like yeah, it's it's Ottoman Empire like Turkish Muslim. Yes. So and, most of it is and, Islam and Greek Orthodox, right? So right. Like Greek Orthodox. Twenty uh, percent Greek Orthodox Christianity, but yeah, mostly islam yeah correct yeah but no her her dad is greek orthodox and her mom was is like islam but honestly like they're they they aren't super heavy into it and it's more did her mom wear like a burqa and shit or on all that gear or no no okay they, they didn't yeah they're not that into it but it's like they're more it's more like uh i would say they're the albania as a whole the culture it's is its own religion of like the culture has like all these different like eccentricities and like things like that they do that make them very unique so it's the culture itself is its own religion like before you're a muslim or before you're a greek orthodox you're albanian first right so that's when, I, when a country's old enough that people constantly tried to conquer it they start to believe in their own people i don't care what the dominant dickhead is yeah. we still ride with each other right agreed and, there, and it's like literally a country that was like brought down to zero and had to build itself back up so and it's dude it's an incredible country it sucks like because they were they were owned by a western power because they were communist and ran by russia they became like a great like they, wrestlers they're really good wrestlers but they became i know that they became like uh like you know in in eastern like satires they would be villainized because they were under the communist regime when in real life yeah there's some crime and things like that but it's really like one of the most respectable cultures that there is and honestly if you do find a woman from there it's like you're you know you're a very like any person from there just they're very morally sound but then they also have like their gypsies and their villagers and things like that so there's you know there's bad places (laughs) everywhere so sorry yeah let's keep it going so okay so you're in high school right you're doing your thing you had started to work Mm. right um you're so your stepdad right had a landscaping business so you would kind of like do side jobs for him like in middle school and even earlier than that right is that how it went yeah so um my my stepdad was a landscape architect shout out harry yeah shout out to harry does he still Um, landscape no no he doesn't anymore okay Um, he's older now yeah he's older uh but yeah no so he was a landscape architect for i think that's what his like position was for toll brothers so okay. if people are familiar with Bluebell Country Club, before Bluebell Country Club was Bluebell Country Club, when I was a kid, you know, maybe in my like early teens, 12, 13, stuff like that. And there's other, there was other communities as well, up t- towards like Audubon and Oaks and stuff. There were these Toll Brothers communities getting built. And, you know, he might take me, you know, I might pack a lunch or something like that. And he would take, you know, maybe me and Kevin or just one of us uh, out to work. And he, and he basically put spray paint, he was spray paint in area. And leave us with like a, a pick 
and 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 like a shovel <laughs> like all right i'll be back in a few hours just dig this hole out and then yeah. uh, you know or there might be a couple of them and then we would he'd come back with trees and then we would roll the trees in and undo them and stuff nice. like that um but it was really cool i mean and the reason why it was it was, it was great is because uh it it solid like that job and a couple of other ones that i experienced at a young age um really gave me a strong work ethic like working yeah. side by side with like side by side with like a grown man doing labor at a young age um all throughout my work career uh, my work ethic has never been uh, a question you know what no. i'm saying so, yeah you're when you're working with men you got to learn real quick because they don't like they you like if you fu- if you're being a lazy piece of shit they let you know justifiably so that's kind of yeah. thing we were talking about earlier when we were talking about football like right. if you need to hold up your end, you need to fucking stand up and like do like you need to do what's required of you. You need to not be like a fucking noodle. You got to be a man about shit. And they let you know. That's great. No. Plus two. Dude, that's a fucking job. How also like how did you feel like, you know, like your dad's out of the picture at this time? You have this new stepdad here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how like him as a male role model. How was it like working with him and things like that? Did you guys get along? um early on like when I, up to like the age of 12 uh we got along for sure so yeah so go ahead like how is it with your dad's out of the picture you have this new stepdad harry and you're working with him how is him like dealing with a new like how was it dealing with a new like male role model and and things like that so no one would ever replace my dad my dad right. was an extremely rare character you know, yeah. and he was just a one of a kind. Of course, I'm biased. It's my dad, but sure. truly, you know, and there's no, there's never going to be anything that could replace that, that, mm-hmm. that uh, fatherly love and, and that, that relationship that we had. So yeah. when my mom stepped at Harry came into the picture, um, again, we're just kids. So we're kind of just like, all right, like, seems like a nice guy, but like, we don't yeah. know how this works. Like we didn't know. And I don't yeah. think my mom or Harry really knew, you know, yeah. we're all sitting there trying to navigate it together. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it was cool. It like when we when we were in Hatfield. So from like the age of uh, like third grade to sixth grade, Harry coached a lot of my uh, he coached all my baseball teams. Oh, you know, so it right. was cool because you know me and Harry like you go into Hatfield Little League, you know the competition's real. Yeah, and we're like Hell drafting. Yeah. We're like we got to get this person, we got to get that person. Hell um, yeah! And then we also won the championship. Like when we were tw- like it, our final year in majors, when when Dude. we were twelve, we won the championship. Um, you know, and we had to take out all the, all the, the, the all-stars, you know? So it's, it's like Dan Jaycox, Tim Durstein, Pat McCoy. I remember going up. I remember Tim's team was great. I think we played Tim in the, uh, championship. If I remember correctly, I think it was Tim's team. I think Jaycox was on the black team or maybe that was Pat. I forget, but it was fun. You know what I mean? And, uh, we had that little bond of him coaching me in baseball. And the cool thing is now he has a son with, um, with another, with a, uh, you know, with another woman, not my mom. And, uh, they would and get I was separated. Able to, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they separated. They separated. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so, so he had a son with, 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 a, with another woman now and, and, uh, Dalton, who's, I think he's probably about 12. Sweet now. name. Um, I was able right? to, I was able to go and help coach him a little bit pitching because nice. my dad taught me how to throw a curveball. And that was the one thing I was absolutely lights out famous for. I had the nastiest curveball to ever exist in any little league team in the world. Signed, sealed, delivered. That's a guarantee. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and uh, throwing off speed in little league. 
look at yeah, you. Dude. What? Yo, Hatfield, we weren't joking around, dog. Yeah. For real. And, uh, but yeah, so I was able to teach Dalton the same curveball. And he nice. can throw it. Not as good as I can, but he can sure. throw a curveball. I mean, who can, so though? It's really cool. Right. right. Dude, that's great, man. That's awesome. Shout mm-hmm. out to your stepdad, because I'll tell you this. Fucking, yeah. I don't care how awesome your mom is. I'm not signing a contract with four kids in the deal. Tell you that, right? Yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. I mean, it, it is something like as I got older and I matured. Um, and by matured, I mean like late 20s. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, Looking and, back like on I, it. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was always that underlying respect for just no matter which way life went. But there was just the fact that, you know, he stepped up and, and yeah. took care of us. Like he did. Hey, dude, that's another another man thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, he stepped up and did what a man does. That's absolutely shout out. But to they him. say they say men raise their children. Men's men raise other men's children. Mm, so damn. it's a hard thing to step in and raise some other guy's kid and act like you love them and you know yeah. treat them right and do the right thing so the men of men can so raise no matter what i do for the boys i have to go find some other kids to take care of <laughs> yeah like if you <laughs> really want to be yeah. a real man you yeah if you really want your kids. sons raised right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just start with just walk into some stranger's yeah. house and start like, talking Look, about life is this yeah. your yeah. fucking kid i'll teach him to be an athlete Hey, you want to switch? Crazy. I'll take your kid. You take mine and fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, no. J-Dub, you were in a similar situation where I'm you a had- full product of it. So my my father adopted me at uh, one, but then they didn't tell me till I was 11. And That's then I had a stepfather Christmas. and my stepfather's the man. And my stepfather and, and Bart's father were like best friends and neighbors back in the day. Long oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that. Billick. I think they went to high school together and um, uh, I forget where the point I was going with this. Yeah. But I've had numerous fathers. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever do this thing? My dad was out of the picture for me for a while and there would be like everywhere I would work, like I would try and find like kind of like a, like an older, like kind of guy that I would like kind of latch on to and be like a pseudo father. Well, so the, the, the neighbor was a, he owned the hearth baker and he used to like, when my dad moved out, like he like looked after us and like, if we got in trouble, we'd have to go work with him and he worked Gangster. four four o'clock in the yeah. morning. So like yeah. it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like throughout there, you know, that's a great community though. Like that's fucking awesome to hear that. Like that's North Wales motherfucker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but to have like a neighbor to know like, Hey, this fucking poor lady, like she's got these fucking crazy ass kids. <laughs> yeah. We were nuts. Yeah. One of them has got fucking fire, bright orange, red hair. <laughs> lighting shit on fire. Yeah. 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 He, he lit the water authority on fire. Like the, the irony of it, they were like lighting chairs on fire one night, yeah. and it and happened to catch the water yeah. on fire. That story is available on the Roundtable series, episode three, the End of and, Saga, part three, the Next Generation. And hold on, let me interject. So I'm gonna try to. We're at a perfect bridge for me to throw this into Bark's story. Yeah. So Bark, when they, when his mother uh, started, uh, or was married to Harry or whatever, she was balls deep and, in being married to Harry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Now, that was disrespectful, and I'll fight you when I see you. Mine was genuine. <laughs> Yours was fucking. You set you. it up. What are you going to do? <laughs> anyway, when he moved, when they moved into a house, a certain house, but no one had any idea of in North Wales, right? Now, Bark, please explain the home on Montgomery Avenue in North Wales that you grew up in. Why it then all of a sudden, after you moved out, became famous? Oh. oh. Because I lived it. No, I'm joking. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the, your older brother lived there, right? Didn't he, the I, there are player? some no. stories. There are some. The stories most athletic fucks from North Wales lived there. Yeah, um, yeah. No, so that it was funny actually. We moved into that house, and it was uh, uh, that house is part of the historical society for Pennsylvania Historical Society. Oh shit! Um, there was an artist by the name of William T. Trago that used to live there. Um, and he was, he was like, he, I think he did. So, you know, when you open up these right? studies books, I don't know yeah. if he's blind. Or had I don't know. I don't his know. Hands or some shit. All right. Know. But either way, but so he's, if he's you open up your social studies book and you see this like wartime reenactment painting yeah. or something yeah. of the civil war, like that's the stuff that he used to. Oh, to no shit. And he was like, yeah, apparently it was like this famous artist. Um, oh, Billy Trago, huh? Oh, yeah billy trago yep yeah no so that that was where he uh used to live or something like that and uh, gonna, it's actually no. funny because after we had moved out and stuff like that um liam lived in a house across the street and uh, or, or i we might have still even been there i don't even remember when this wait, happened wait, wait, wait. but i remember the house across the street that Montgomery like, avenue wait the one he lived in with shorty and and them where the water broke i think so Oh, it was right. like it was it was I've been on to that East house. Montgomery Avenue. Yeah, one block off of North. Yeah, Park. he lived in the attic, right? I believe so. Yes, I think yeah. that's yeah. Yeah, that's him and uh, I think Munley and Nick Law and and Heather and all them live there. Sorry. So, so keep, right. <laughs> so one time Liam was there and he hits me up. He's like, you know, he's like bark. There's some kind of like cannon going off out front of your house. So they did. They had like people <laughs> dressed up. Like I guess they were doing like a celebration because they put the blue. If you ever see a they put the blue historical society, marker in that shit. like sign like out front of like a historical building, you know what? they have like the thing they do like an yeah, entire yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Johnny Sands City Hall is in North yeah Dale, yeah yeah. Liam's like, you know, they're like shooting a cannon off and doing some kind of parade out front of your <laughs> old house. What <laughs> the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah. shit, bro! Damn, bro. That's yeah. fucking, I mean, that's pretty bad. You know times I was smoking weed out the back window of the crib or something. <laughs> and apparently some famous painters out back. And yeah. it was either one of two things. You can look it up. I know I always fucking spit backs that are not true and I act like they are. But it's like, a, I think he was either blind or didn't have use of his hands or whatever the fuck it was. He had a disability. And that's why he was so famous because his paintings are fucking ridiculous. And the dude, like, something was wrong with the dude. I think it was either blind or his hands didn't work right. He, like, fucking taped it to his nose. I don't fucking know. Uh, all right. Um, I'm cut trying, that. I'm trying to look. Are we him. looking? <laughs> he said cut that. <laughs> but the, the houses it, in North Wales are mad old. Uh, I remember, I forget how old I was. I was, like, seven. My mom found out all of the doorknobs in our houses were ivory. Like the for the attic, the bedrooms, they were all white ivory doorknobs, and she like took them all off, collected them one day, and they disappeared. <laughs> mom, <laughs> mom, Duke sold them ivory doorknobs, yo. Oh shit! Yeah. Respect. We so, also probably had lead-based paint too. <laughs> damn. All right. Uh. So okay, I'm trying to find this guy. Um. All right. William so, Trego. Oh. All right, yeah, I got yeah, it. So, William B. T. Trago. What was his fucking disability? All right. So, William B. T. Trago, born in Yardley, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, 1858, the son of artist Jonathan Kirkbridge Trago and Emily Roberts Nee Thomas. At the age of two, William's hands and feet became nearly paralyzed. 
either from polio or from a doctor administering a dose of mercurous chloride, also known as calomel. Uh, Trago's family fucking taped it to his face or some shit. Yeah, Trago's family moved to Detroit, 1874. William was enrolled in a local school, but an incident where 16-year-old William burned off all of his hair with a gas jet made his father decide to teach William in his studio and then move on. Despite his crippled hands, young William showed an aptitude for art, learning to paint with a brush jammed in his right hand while he guided it with his left. William Trago uh, first received public attention with his exhibition uh, paintings out of blah, 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 1879, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, his depiction of George Armstrong's Custer's Charge at the Custer's Third Battle of Winchester was described by the Cleveland Press as one of the best historical paintings of the kind that has ever been produced by an American autist. Mm. Oh. All he right. also, so when he Respect. moved to Detroit, the other thing about him is a fascinating fact. So when he moved to Detroit and they were talking about they had the paintbrush jammed in his hand like that, he's actually... Eminem's grandfather and Eminem had the microphone jammed in his hand when he was younger. Wait, wait, Trey goes his grandfather? No. Oh, oh. All right. I Complete up. bullshit. No, nah, he's just a painter. <laughs> yeah. All right. You fucking, you, dude, you got to sell that better because I don't know when you're fucking fucking around. Yeah, you were so into fucking... it, Matt. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, they was like, very... that's he clicked on another link on the wiki Wikipedia. Yeah. He's like, no. oh backstory <laughs> but either way um it says that he was born in yardley in 1858 and died in north wales pennsylvania june 24th 19 i think he killed himself That's i think he killed legends himself. die you heard me matt i think he i think he i think he actually killed himself I think he so if he killed himself then you lived in the house where he probably fucking killed himself then nah, now that also our studio out back no that also i don't I don't know. I, I feel like for some reason, I don't think he did it there, but that could have been like parents trying to discourage kids from understanding that someone a famous <laughs> guy killed himself in the house. But I honestly think he didn't. I don't think it was at the house or something like that. Mm. I don't know. All right. Nice. Shout out uh, William Trago. Yeah. Hell shout yeah. out, shout out Willie Treggs. Fan of the show. Listener of the show. So uh, From heaven, but whatever. I mean, you know, either way. So, okay. So let's get back into it. So, uh, so, all right, so you're you're doing the landscaping stuff, right? And that was kind of like a side job you did with your stepdad. Then yeah. you would get a job job working at McDonald's on Main Street, and you would work yeah. there with a fan of the show and hopefully sometime guest of the show, end of legend, Tribby up, aka Travis. And so... You would work there at him. How did that go? Working at McDonald's with one of your best buds as a teenager just sounds like a fucking hoot. A hoot. It was crazy. And I think, so I'm pretty sure Brandon worked there. I think Liam might have worked there at one point. Andrew Mitchell, I think, worked there. Um, You know, I think all of us at one point kind of worked there. But I remember distinctly working there with Travis. um, And it was crazy, dude. Like, I don't know how young we were, but I feel like we, there's no way we were 16 yet. I, I feel like we were probably middle school, like maybe 13, 14, 15. Um, and, but I just remember there was this, this guy, this like older, like slob of a human 
that that was our man <laughs> and like he would just crush cigarettes in the back the whole time like i would go in the, in work. the restaurant oh yeah 100 yeah. he was just burning cigs at that mcdonald's Ooh. on on main street that's now called like mr suds or something. yeah it's like a laundry place yeah yeah so there was a right there so we were uh so what we- <laughs> was there really yeah, that's why they shut down McDonald's on Main Street in the bathroom. Yeah, a girl got raped apparently in the bathroom. That's why they shut it down and it had. What the fuck? Out. What the fuck? Why are you saying yeah, that I on know, the Lance show? Shit. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, Go back God. to your story. All right, how can so, I, dude? You're traumatized. Eric dude. got raped in the bathroom at McDonald's. <laughs> 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 kidding, kidding. The fucking joke. Uh, Jeez. sorry. So either don't way, don't joke about rape, you fucking loser. Cancel this guy. Wow. Yeah, oh, okay, faggot. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to talk about wow. gay yeah, You're going to cancel somebody over here? Hit him with you his own. Fucking old cancel Cabot? Steve, cancel me Cabot? Took away right, him out of his well. own arsenal and hit him yeah. with so, um, okay. yeah. so, all right. So, you're so working, working at McDonald's. This guy's right? fucking crushing heaters. Our manager, like, this is how I remember it. Look, you could you could ask Trav, but I, like, I'm pretty sure this was how it was. I, I know one thing. I didn't cook. Trav cooked. So, Trav. Shout out your bit. Trav's in the back doing all the cooking. I would drop fries, but then I have the headset on. So I'm taking the orders on the window and I'm taking the orders on the front. And our manager would just sit in the back and just crush cigs and just like be back. How, dude, how, like that place was bumping. How would you be able to do both? Like you must have been so just nonstop busy. Trav's legit. Like Trav's legit. And I was like, I, I was like, okay, a computer and I'm just talking to people. Like I can do this, you know? And hey. I don't think we ever got insanely busy, but like, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty easy. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So Trav would do all the cooking and stuff like that. But I remember it'd be like, so <laughs> I remember it'd be like, <laughs> he laughs before he says it's fantastic. <laughs> There's just a lot of weird things, like funny little things. Like I remember like, like <laughs> crusty crusty construction workers coming in and they used to have like 39 cent hamburger days and stuff like that but i remember trying to like wheel and deal with these guys where it'd be like you know let me get 40 burgers for my guys 40 <laughs> whatever i don't know they'd buy a bunch yeah. of like 39 49 cents and uh i i think you know i remember turning to trav like yo p- put on 40 burgers <laughs> give me 20 bucks like i don't know if I, I remember thinking it i don't know if we did it or whatever but um the coolest thing was that when like we would work there and it like taught me how to like, like have uh face-to-face interactions with like customers and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but like when we would leave there, they used to have big extras, big extras were so good. And like me and Trav would just load up one of the big like McDonald's bags with so many burgers and like fry, like ridiculous amounts of McDonald's def- like insanely unhealthy. Did you ever steal? I had a buddy um, that worked <laughs> coincidentally. No one has ever stolen Matt, but keep going. Uh, coincidentally, uh, I'm going to have to cut his name, but his name was, but he worked at McDonald's funny. The guy who owns Wendy's. So yeah, he worked at McDonald's and he would steal the, like the small, like during when they had the monopoly game, right? Like McDonald's monopoly. He would yeah. steal like hundreds of like just the the packages for like the fries and stuff because you would get them and he would sell them to people just to rip the tickets off of the package because like sometimes the tickets would be like a free Big Mac or a free soda yeah. or a fucking free nuggets or whatever it is right <laughs> so he had like a bag just filled with these things monopoly pieces dude like yeah. do you remember 
right? Like but the, the Monopoly thing is, game. Man, you see the documentary that that, oh. that guy kind of fucked yeah. up because Dude, the guy who I, was doing the things yeah. already had it rigged like an yeah. asshole. Oh, there was the fucking winning tickets. No, yeah, Boardwalk was impossible. Never gonna, yeah. Dude, fucking I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, dude. Back in the day, right? Like we would do fat, like McDonald's, like you know, not a ton, but like it would be something like, all right, we're going home. My mom doesn't feel like cooking. We'll just get McDonald's, right? You know what I mean? Like it was just like a thing, like like fast food. What? Like, it was just like something you would do. It wasn't a big deal. But then that Super Size Me documentary came out, where the dude just ate fast food only for like a month straight, and you saw what it did to him, right? That fucking cut that industry like down to like really like and now like you look at the fast food. I mean, they've had to change their marketing and I mean, in some ways, but still like, I don't know. I mean, Chick-fil-A, is that considered fast food? Because Chick-fil-A is just the fucking best thing ever. It is, but it's yeah. great. Yeah. But it is, is the best. The, Chick-fil-A is the greatest. The greatest. Kevin and I cross fast food. Really? Then- still? Yeah, it's like I, I've yes, definitely they're had... fucking absolute aliens. They eat fast food <laughs> and, and, and they're like, just fucking the like, It's yeah, strange. I yeah. know. There really <laughs> must be some fucking like extra hormones in that meat or some Same shit. Same thing with his brother. You're like superheroes. Eat McDonald's like it's a champ. Do they? <laughs> do you really? Do you still eat like? Because Eric, you're a lean guy. <laughs> like you're in shape. You've always been in shape. Have you always been like just eating McDonald's and fast food all the time? Like your whole life? I've never eaten hell. Like. So I can't say I've never eaten healthy because there were definitely moments in my life where I made a conscious effort to eat like extremely healthy. Right. But um, in like middle school and high school, I would, <laughs> yo, I was eating like, like a meal to me was like, I'm going to eat three packs of pop tarts and like four uh, glasses of milk uh, or like a box of cereal or uh, chips, Ahoy, chewy cookies. And like, uh, I would eat dinner, I'd eat dinner and stuff like that. But like, it wasn't uncommon for me to like destroy two bowls of ice cream, a bunch of chips. Ahoy. So at an early age, I got used to eating like that. And now I'm 36, about to be 37 in January. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on a second. It catches up to you, you know, and, and it's just yeah. not a healthy lifestyle. Like, it's just not a good thing to be Did to be you- doing no matter what you look like or how you are anything like it's just yeah. unhealthy, period. There's no. Did you, know. did you ever do the like two meals I would have would be shredded cheese just eating shredded cheese out of the bag, right? Like that was the best. And then uh, like, you know, Tostitos chips, right? Yeah. Like we wouldn't have salsa, but we would have like Ortega sauce or like the barbecue or whatever. So you would like dip it in that and eat it. You know what I mean? Like that was a meal too. You know what we I had, mean? We had, yeah, I 100% know what you mean. Uh, yeah. We had a, f- a famous phrase that, that we still joke about. Uh, it was just search and find so that was like a, that was a meal that was like search and find yeah. so like i might just crush a box of cheeses and uh, drink some iced tea you know yeah. and and like you know a cold hot dog like right out because i'm so busy and i gotta get to manhunt or like yeah. whatever dumb <laughs> yeah i don't even have time to cook this church. fucking hot dog mom all right yeah, it's like whatever like honestly i'm not even joking literally last night I was eating dry ramen with the seasoning pack. Yo. And my wife looked at me. <laughs> and like Bro. I was doing it. I was doing it for like quite a few minutes. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, are you really like, are you, are you enjoying that right now? We just bought a house. We have a beautiful kitchen and everything. And I was just like, oh yeah, I don't know. Like I just am eating it. 
Because Listen, I, I thought <laughs> I thought even I enjoyed ramen, right? I wrestled, so I used to not be able to eat shit because I was always cutting weight. I uh, allegedly, when I was in jail, allegedly, when I was right. in jail, that's a steak dinner. Oh. Ramen noodles is Dude, the truth. You got to get your fucking chichi on lock, bro. You gotta get out your bag and get your fucking chichi unlocked. What are you gonna do? But, Check out my jacket, bitch. You don't know me, fucking a. But yo, I totally forgot to bring up Mark. Remember at football practice, you got poison ivy and then you spread it to like in high school. Your, yeah, in high school. That. And you Save spread it all over your crotch and you couldn't Un- practice, yo. And people was so mad, yo. I think it was Beck. Beck was so mad at you, yo. Yeah, yo, it was so bad. And they were like telling me to practice. And then I was like, yo. So and then eventually I was just like, yo, I'm not fucking doing this. I was like, I'm not fucking doing this shit. I was like, <laughs> my dick's all fucking the cheats all red. They were yo, me I was so there. mad. They would always. Oh, like, yeah. So, like, come, let, on, on. come on, let, come on. J- so, okay. Started with J-Dub. So, so J-Dub, you're saying Eric had contracted poison ivy, right? If you yeah, I don't he know, showed up late and he it? had. Po- Okay. Yeah, he. I guess he had it on his hands, but it had gotten to at this point. I mean, I found out later that it got into his crotch, but like, I guess he showed up late, and so he no. tried to make him run. They tried to make you run suicide, Joe, and you're like, "No, I have poison ivy," and he's like, oh, "I don't care. Like, get out there. You're either you're either running the suicide, or you're not practicing. You're like, I have fucking poison ivy everywhere. Yo, leave me the fuck alone." Yeah, Bro. so that was a nightmare, yo. I had poison ivy for like a couple of days, and I kept telling him, but it's like, like, like Kevin's an all star, so they're always like, "Yo, come on, Zeppelin, yeah, man, come on, get in here." And I'm you like, doing this. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yo, you don't understand. Like, I'm, I like, I, I when, when poison ivy happens with me, it, you know, I, I have a hard time getting rid of it. You know, it's oh, really, really uncomfortable. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I should be at home, like dipping I'm my hands same in way. bleach and calamine yeah. lotion. Yeah. Um, so they're like, come on, man. Da, da, da. And like, you know, it just progressed. It was horrible. I'm on, I'm, oh. with, I'm in football pads yeah. in the summer. Like touching oh. my foot, like getting oh. drills, like touching myself, oh. sweating. But I had it literally all over my entire body. It was oh. so uncomfortable. Eventually, I was just like, "Fuck this!" Like I'm not oh. doing this shit. Yeah. I was like, "I can't do this." Like physically, this is ridiculous. And yeah. honestly, that specific time when I had like poison ivy, I don't know if it's sumac, oak, whatever. I legitimately went home and just like li- took sandpaper and put my hands in like bleach i was just pouring yeah. chemicals into a bowl <laughs> and just yep. dipping my hands in. i was like something's gotta kill this there's no way this is okay to live like this oh like, I, I could die you know? it was Bro. crazy so wait <laughs> you did, wait so you have the poison ivy on your hands and ass- assuming you terrible did, spot yeah the worst the worst you're just getting it everywhere right oh. like it's everywhere oh. and and so then you get it on your, and then you just start like hitting yourself with the cow mines and the whatevers. And you're just like oh, doing yeah. it's all over. Right. Yeah. You, you probably would have to like, you know, fucking vaccinate your pads for football <laughs> to get rid of this shit. Right. Well, football was crazy. I mean, for the most part, no one touched other people's pads, but I remember going and like having people like with my mouthpiece, my helmet, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? You know, like football was crazy like that. Like I would go to the, the locker room some days and like someone else would have my stuff. And I'm just like, yo, man, like, are we really going to do this? Like, I really like my ear pads and this thing, you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah. no, I mean, I, I don't know that I, I think I kept the same pads throughout the poison Ivy thing, but it just eventually dissipated and ran its course, but it was right. absolutely horrible. It was like prime. It might've been two a days. I don't know. Just probably like summer. Yeah, it was the summer. Cause you're like, it, 
it's everywhere. Like, leave me alone. Hell yeah. And you know how I got it, of course, probably <laughs> fishing with Kevin. Oh, back there. Nah, probably yeah. fishing with Kevin. I don't know. It could have been a variety of things. I could have been right. doing I could have been doing landscaping, fishing right. with Kevin. And then you started fishing uh, with your own pole, and that's how you got it down there, huh? Oh no, I know how I got it. I got it, I got it everywhere. It was everywhere. There was no this it was so crazy. Yeesh. extremely uncomfortable situation to be in so if you coach a football team and one of your guys has poison anything yeah let them take a couple days off. yeah shout out poison ivy fan of the show listen to the show so poison ivy all right so nice so we're coming to the top of time for part one of the eric zemlin experience uh strong or easy before we get out of here anything you want to say to the adoring public uh I don't know, man. It, it, it's uh, it's cool. Just, we're just getting into it. Yeah. So I'm See excited to continue two. into these stories. Yeah. I mean, we're just scratching the surface of a lot of things that happened to me in my life. <laughs> scratching so, the surface, poison ivy. Yeah. <laughs> right? You like that? You like that? You like that? Yeah. Strong um, stem. Anything you want to say to the listeners before we get to easy part two? Yeah. For anyone that gets this reference, because it's, uh, it's about to be Christmas. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker! It's isn't it Yippee Kaye? I don't know. It's one of them. Yippee Kaye! I'm from fucking Philly. Hey, listen to me. I turned it into a Philadelphia thing. If yeah. he was Rocky, that's how it would have been fucking said, right? It's my, gotta be. It's my, gotta be Yippee Kaye. My godson. My godson the other day was saying he was like, dude. You, he's like, I'm. He's singing something like Santa. He's like. Yo, yo, yo. You know what I mean? He's pretending to be Santa. He was saying, Merry Christmas. Yo, yo, yo. I thought it was so fucking funny. Either way, Jalen Dub. Anything you got to say before we get out of here and do easy part two? No, I'm excited for part two. I'm hyped. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, this has been the Working Perspectives podcast. This is the Eric Zeblum episode part one of the Eric Zeblum series. Uh, you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And for the love of God, get her off my back and just like and subscribe so my wife stops beating the shit out of me for doing the show. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.